This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Emily Wood from Wellington, Florida. And I'm Kayla Benny from Ocala, Florida. And you're listening to the monthly breeding and horse sales episode on Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June 24th. This episode is a special episode of Horses in the Morning every fourth Thursday of the month brought to you by Total Equihealth. Good morning, horse world. Hey, you made it to the fourth Thursday of the month on Horses in the Morning. That means it's time to talk sales and breeding. Uh, uh, of horses, that is. Coming up on today's show, Emily Wood, former host of The Jumper Show, is back again. Again! Maybe she will become a permanent fixture. Tune in to hear if I uh, propose to her by the end of this episode. We don't know. Um, we are also going to chat about summer in Florida, showing in the heat, and showing some young horses, sale horses, and we invite Audrey Anthony of Bacoy Stables and Reproduction Center, where they focus on breeding elite dressage horses through genetic matching. It may be a very moving interview. Tune in. And we do realize that Emily's sound quality may not be the best. We are going to get that sorted by the next episode. So this is my actual official proposal. Emily, will you please be my co-host most of the time? Thank oh you. Gosh. <laughs> oh so my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes, I accept. I accept and I need a microphone. And deal. I will give you a microphone. And by oh. I, I mean Glenn. Glenn and the Horse Radio Network will give you a microphone. We can, we can do a marriage announcement with the microphone. Well, how have you been? How is Welly World now that season has closed down? And are you guys like, are horses still booming down there? I mean, it is like the show still goes on. They moved the jumpers over to global under the covered. Um, plenty of people do stay down here. Business continues, but I mean, like three quarters of the population leaves. So like wow. all of a sudden you're like, wow, I didn't realize that I only lived 1.2 miles away from the barn. Cause it took 25 minutes, you know, <laughs> when yeah. everybody was down here. Yeah. <laughs> school buses or whatever all of a sudden you can go and eat places and like you there's like no lines and yeah it's a little weird for sure there's a transition the horse stuff is going though i mean i, I i've been really fortunate uh i know things slowed down a little bit um with the economy um but my i, I had two sold last month i got a couple more in the works and i uh, i can't really complain it is hot i can yep. complain a little bit about the heat <laughs> um it just seems a little hot a little early right I mean, um, hot yeah, up there too, huh? well, we we're really hot up up here and we just started our first uh, week of circuit this last week. And, um, you know, the warm ups got a lot shorter. The rides in between showing, you know, got a lot shorter because it's just so freaking hot. Um, and I. Like, luckily, the World Equestrian Center is really lovely. They've got places to stand with shade. Um, 
they've got some indoors that are air conditioned. But also when it's so hot like that, you go into the air conditioning, it's freezing. Yeah. (laughs) So first world problem. So first world problem, though, you know, you're just like, I'm like, oh, I'm riding at this top class world uh, equestrian center, but I have to go into the air conditioning and I get cold. I yeah, know, I it really wanna, is shocking. Yeah, no, I want to slap myself though. Okay, um, I'm on your side with that, so you know, your baby horses are still doing doing well, being baby horses. They are. They're being baby horses. Uh, the little four month old filly had to have her temperature taken. Um, oh, no. Yes. So yes, she. I don't know if I said this when she was born. I mean, she is sassy. She's you, really sassy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Does she have time, a name? We've named her Bright Eyes. Okay. Which is right. going to be on her uh, passport. My aunt actually named her. But um, she, uh, the first day I met her, I went in to go pet her and she kicked me in the leg like immediately. You did tell me that. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is great. This yay babies. Yay um, you. I can't even imagine our guest, Audrey, with uh, all that she's got going on. I mean, even but just a couple babies is, is a lot. But no, she's good. She did. And, and the vet did get her temperature taken. I mean, not the end of the little baby that you want to be on. No. Nope. Uh, that's for that, sure. That has she's, a natural tendency to wabush. Yep. Yep. But no, she's good. I mean, she's going to be weaned here, gosh, in like a month. And then she'll go north. She'll go uh, near Anthony, Florida, which is uh, kind of up close yep. by y'all. Yep. And uh, the other guys, or the uh, other two-year-olds are up there right now. And then I have the other horses that are supposed to be adult horses. Um, you know, I keep letting them know. They're five. It's time. It's adulting yeah. time. It's adulting time. You now have a stall. They're just like, they're, they're get. I think by circuit, everything should be, I should kind of have them all, I hope, subdued and like deferraled. The last baby that I've started was, was my own, was, was Millie. And she's always been, she just kind of gets it, like whatever it is. You're like, hey, by the way, today you're learning how to lunge. She's like, okay. And, That's you nice. know, and so... Uh, you know, you have little moments where you're like, okay, like today I wasn't able to ride her for the last four days because it's just been so hot. And I just, by the end of the day, I'm like, I don't want to ride a four-year-old. And Mm -hmm. so she's had a couple extra days and then I got on her, no lunging, went in the ring and she's a little feisty and, and whatnot. And, but then I'm like, Hey, by the way, today you're feisty. We have no left lead. Um, we're going to can of rails and we're going to do numbers in between those rails. And, you know, it took her one or two lines. And then all of a sudden she's like, okay, got it. You know, we're oh, counter cannering around the turn. Cause we don't have a left lead for some reason this, this week. Um, <laughs> you but- <laughs> love that, and you're like, why is that? Yeah. Why was it there and now it's not there? Well, wh- where did that? it go? <laughs> exactly. Freaking liars. And, you know, I'm up. <laughs> telling my working student, I just like got finished telling her. I was like, sometimes they're going to throw all their toys out of the box and you just have to keep going. You have to not get upset about it. Cause she's writing my other four-year-old that we have. And oh I'm like, and sometimes you just have to like keep going and just balance them and just keep going. And eventually they will put their own toys back in their toy box. Um, and you know, and then meanwhile, I'm like, we have no left lead canter today. So I guess we're just going to, and then she's like trying to grab the bit, tossing her head, kind of going <laughs> sideways. And I'm like, we're going to the pole. And then finally, after two lines, she's like, 
Got it. So we're going to the poll regardless of what I'm doing. Uh, I should probably stay balanced and not fall on my face. And I'm like, that would be delightful. Uh, yeah. Self-preservation. We love <laughs> yeah. that in young yeah. horses. Yeah. If we could put that into the breeding requirements. I know. Because some of them, you're just like, you guys, like, well, we're, we're just going to both fall down together. You're just refuse. You're just going to yank like, on yep. my hands through the corner the whole way. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty oh much. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's good. So you got a good one. Well, yes. I saw your other horse. You've got a couple big horses jumping, don't you? Didn't you do I- a... A night class or something recently? I did um, the future pre. So the first week, yeah. So the first week back showing after a three month break, um, I did a 130 to warm up and then a 135 that did not go fantastic. We had three rails. Um, And he, it was just more getting the motions of getting back in the ring. And, uh, you know, he was kind of like, I'm not listening. And I'm like, I think I'm getting my work done. No, I'm not. And then, but we were able to put it together and the future pre, he jumped amazing. He left everything up. We had four time faults because I'm a slow poke. Um, But I honestly feel like I couldn't have gone any faster and left up the rails. So, and I, there were only eight double cleans and then I was one of three with time and the rest, everybody else in there was uh, 50 in my class had had rails. So of, that's of great. Various amounts. And it was not you would think the first week would be a little bit like, hey, welcome. Welcome to no. back showing. No, they're like, y'all no. better bump down a level. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I think everybody <laughs> had their right. <laughs> everybody had their Grand Prix horses for for later on in the circuit and like meanwhile i'm like hey i brought this horse up from a six-year-old and we're we're finally at this level and i'm so excited to be here no he doesn't (laughs) have a lead change so let's obviously do rollbacks to s curves because why not oh congratulations that's exciting i I do keep keep up as i can i'm not as good a stalker as you but (laughs) i'm practicing (laughs) i'm 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 pretty good at stalking people so it's great you're a good cyber stalker it's a good quality speaking of cyber stalking we should probably get to our guest and uh i've already done some major cyber stalking i know where she lives i know what she breeds (laughs) oh yes (laughs) so i'm super excited Yep. No, she is going to, we have a bunch of questions for her. This is our guest for today. We have Audrey Anthony of Bacoy Stables, Cattle and Repro. Before we get to our first guest, let's chat a little bit about Total EquiHealth. Are you interested in your horse's wellness? Do you know what is in the products you feed and use on your horses? At Total EquiHealth, we have sought out and selected quality products that aid in their fitness and health and benefit their performance. The products we carry aren't just for the elite sport horse, but for every horse with a health-conscious owner. Be sure to also check out our rider section. Check us out today at TotalEquiHealth.com. And Emily, so we have a highlighted Total EquiHealth Equidu Moment product, and we also have a lovely code 10% off for the listeners it's called it's HRN just capital H capital R capital N and today's highlighted product is actually um, a nourishing face cream by Cebu which is a all-natural USDA organic sea buckthorn omega-7 they have a whole supplement and skincare line but they're Face cream is delightful. So 
I know you are in Florida. I'm in Florida. The sun kills our skin. And I don't know about you, but since I've only lived here for about a year now, my skin is thirsty. Like it soaks up like all the all the creams, all the everything. But I also break out really badly and to to certain face creams. And this cream is both lightweight and hydrating. It comes from sea buckthorn oil and the sea berry. Um, So it's like from the Himalayas or whatever, but it smells delightful. It's all natural. Like all the ingredients are are right there and it has this beautiful citrusy scent um, and it pairs really well. They have their seed oil for sensitive skin, which is prone, like if you're prone for flare ups or breakouts um, and it just really has a deep hydrating feeling um, and it's, it's great. Like I don't break out and it's super affordable. A whole, um, Jar is $24.95. It's in the shop rider section under everyday health, or it'll be added to our new featured section. So anything that we talk about on the show will be in the featured section. So you can just go straight there, um, try to make it super simple and use the code HRN to get 10% off. Welcome to the show, Audrey. Thank you guys. I'm really excited to be here. So, Audrey, you are in Ocala, Florida, um, and I actually just Googled your farm, and you're literally five minutes from where I train out of. Um, so I'm going to have to come over and see all these babies. Um, yeah, I'll we'll ma- be very happy to have you. <laughs> how many babies do you have, and can I steal one, and I will just walk it down the road back to my farm? Well, you can steal probably any of the babies. Um, there is a fee that goes with it. Um, oh, darn it. <laughs> but but uh, we, fold, we fold out about 37 this year, and um, I also breed my own, so that doesn't include my own, but we did about 37 client foals this year. That's so crazy because you, I, I, I remember Audrey, she and I met uh, quite a few years ago down here in Wellington when, when y'all had the farm down here. Uh, I didn't think it had been so many years I was, and I know I had my health struggles, but all of a sudden I was mm-hmm. like, dang, they have a lot yeah. of babies. Like this is like a huge operation and, and such big bloodlines and all kind of, I mean, we'll, we'll get into all the nitty gritty. I mean, y'all are doing really high tech stuff there. Yeah. You know, um, so I actually only moved up here from Wellington about a year and a half ago. But um, my mentor in Wellington, Dr. Aaron Newkirk, she got me with my current mentor, Dr. Louis Cadena, and he kind of really helped me get my vision into reality. So we really hit the ground running when we got up here. Uh, so we were be, we were able to open our doors really fast, and we're able to provide the kind of care we wanted thanks to him and and uh, all my craziness. <laughs> I know that's how I feel with the babies too. I'm like, it's sort of like an illness. Yeah. Uh, oh, it is. <laughs> you were competing though, weren't you before? Was your, your switch to repro, uh, how, uh, over what course of time did that happen? Um, so I was competing pretty heavily, uh, when I came up here. So I've taken about a year off. I am actually gearing up to get back in the show ring now. Um, so I'm really excited about that. A little worried about juggling both, but you know, I think it's, 
really important to have both camp, you know, components when you have a breeding program to kind of stay in the know and stay in the trends and everything. So that is where I'm going to be headed. But yeah, when you met me, I was doing, um, mostly showing. I remember you had a nice stallion. Yes, I still have him. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, he's still here. He still breeds. Um, I am going to hopefully be getting him back in the show ring, too. He's just 13, so he still has oh, a lot of years of, of, of me torturing him in the show ring. So. <laughs> he's got plenty left, he's, plenty left. Yeah, yeah, so he, he's, do, not, he's not going to get off that easily. <laughs> no, 13, he's got to keep going, absolutely. Uh, if he wants yeah. three, three square meals on a roof and all of it. Um, did, exactly. What do you do with yours? I saw that you are you you doing the repro embryo transfers. Mm-hmm. All of these, everything is very high tech. And some I see you selling, and then some I guess you keep at home. Do you develop them up through? Is that the, that the idea? Uh, up through the ranks for yourself, and then for sale later. Or are you really trying to sell them in that full weanling under yearling market? So a little bit of both. Um, We just broke ground last week actually on our training center, which will be 28 stall barn with a covered arena, which will give me more opportunity to take them from, you know, folds up until FEI. Um, But I have kept some of them. I have, you know, one that's actually just getting starting under saddle. That's a a Franklin's Govan Raphael cross. And then I have sold a lot of foals and I've kept some foals for myself. I'm pretty much trying to keep as many fillies as I can, just, you know, thinking about the future and being able to continue my my breeding program and still competing them with some embryo transfers and then selling the colts. So they kind of make the decision for me, which ones are going to stay and which ones are going to go, but they make it, they make it hard, (laughs) especially when they're cute (laughs) and young. (laughs) Oh yeah, they're all adorable, right? Do you primarily so when you say showing, just so our listeners understand a little bit more, primarily dressage or jumpers? What where do you guys focus uh sport and I, your I breeding would, program? Yeah, so my personal breeding program is dressage. I compete dressage. Um, but our clientele, we've had Pasofinos, Arab saddlebreds thoroughbreds, all kinds of clientele here. So it's actually been really exciting to kind of also venture off and learn about the other pedigrees. But me personally, I'll, I'll stick with the dressage and, um, but we're open to anybody coming and letting us do their, their repro or their training. Fantastic. And your stallion, I'm on your website right now, uh, stalking you. That's comforting. <laughs> yeah. Now I know where you live. And, yeah, um, <laughs> but, um, so he's, um, his name's Ecuador and yes. tell us a little bit more about him. Like, did he come from overseas? Like, how did you end up with him? He's an Andalusian. Yes. He's a Pura Rosa Española, which is a PRE. Um, which is basically the purest, you know, Andalusian blood that you can get. They just gave it kind of a fancy name. Um, so everyone knows that they're fancy. Yeah. Um, but I actually got him on a fluke. Um, my father was, you know, going around the internet and found a video of him and said, I think this is your horse. And I was like, I don't know, (laughs) kind of like warm bloods. (laughs) Um, but he's really, really special. He moves like a warm blood. He's got a really fantastic personality. He's really just a great horse. And 
he's really special in his background. He was bred by Alvaro Domecq in Spain. And so he was imported here from Juarez. Um, and he is, there is not a lot of Alvaro Domecq horses available here in the United States. And he is the only one that is standing at stud. So it's really, really special to learn about his heritage and his pedigree because he's got some bullfighting in there. He's got a Grand Prix horse in there and just, you know, the history of Alvaro Domecq and the, you know, Royal Andalusian school is really, really beautiful. And so he's really special on a lot of different angles and, you know, it's really an honor to kind of be able to ride him and compete him and, you know, stand him at stud myself. So, um, yeah, he's, he's really great. And, and people have to see him in person to really appreciate that mane. Oh my God. Yeah. He's outrageous. I know he's like the Barbie dream horse. Like you have to like braid, braid it. Like you have to braid it. Like, it's not like optional. Like you need to braid all that, you know, when you're like working and practicing. Oh yeah. My, my, it, it is the vein of my groom's existence. <laughs> and he's great. <laughs> he's beautiful. Yeah. He's so, is he the one that you are that you stand primarily? Do you have other stallions uh, there? Yeah, so we he is my my own stallion that I stand, but we also stand stallions here for clients. So, and we have, you know, again, we've had a variety. We have a thoroughbred, we have a quarter horse. You know, we we kind of have a warm blood. We have uh, a really fun group of stallions that are here. They all have their own fun personalities, and you know, we welcome anybody that has any kind of stallion and we do all the marketing for them. We do the PR and um, we're happy to show mayor owners, the horses. So, you know, and it's been really fun because of a really great relationship with all the stallion owners. So I actually had somebody come in to breed to my stallion. And when I saw their mayor, you know, I told them, I said, I think, you know, I think the stallion down the hall might be better for you. And when they saw him, they agreed. And, you know, so it's been really great because I can just call up the stallion owner and say, Hey, I got somebody here that, you know, we're going to go ahead and collect your stallion. They're like, great, let's do it. <laughs> so it's, um, it's really fun because you kind of get involved with them. Like they're kind of your own. So I actually really enjoy standing the stallions uh, for owners too. Oh yeah. That's gotta be such an experience. Normally, you know, you pay a stud fee and three other people, degrees of separation, and then the horse goes to the clinic and all this, but to be able to go to, a location that actually has the horses there. That's really an exceptional experience. Yeah. You know, and that was something that was really, really kind of strict on when I was doing this reproduction center. You know, I said, well, if I do this, I want to have a training center because my whole goal with this business is to kind of have a personal care and personal touch and everything I do. And I realized owning a stallion myself, how awful it is that you're, you know, you have to sometimes pick, well, do I ride him today or do I make the money on the stallion collection and then drive him, you know, to the, to the, you know, get him collected, put him back in the trailer. So I was like, I really want to offer this so people can have these high performance stallion horses and, and, um, mares as well, that they can do their repro where they're training and they don't have to go through the stress of being trailered, you know, sometimes four or five six times a month, you know, yeah. for some of these active stallions. And I mean, that's hard on them. Oh yeah, totally. No, that is a lot. That's really amazing uh, to have them just cut out all that extra stress. It's already stressful breeding season. And you do see a lot of top stallions and mares uh, get retired from competition early, specifically for the breedings, because it does take mm -hmm. such a toll on them and uh, it's, they, they could, 
go a little longer. They could keep shining in the sport, you know, win a few more medals, whatever accolades yeah. that they're getting. No, that's that's really that's very interesting. I had no idea that you're actually standing them there as well. I'm terrified to ask, but what does your foaling season look like? Um, our foaling tea or our foaling tea, our foaling season um, looked about as scary as it sounds. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was an experience. Uh, uh, yeah, I tried to do most of it myself, the full watch, and actually, Dr. Cadena was like you're going to burn yourself. I was like, no, it's going to be fine. And it's a baby. yeah, it's going to be totally fine. I'll do it myself and I'll just call you in there falling. And he's like, okay, we'll see how long this lasts. And about <laughs> a three quarters of the way through. And I was like, you know, when you told me I was going to burn myself out, he's like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm this two hours of sleep and working, you know, 22 hours a day. He's like, oh yeah, you're tired, huh? I'm like, oh, yes, man. I am. <laughs> So it was, it was rough. I would wake up, work horses, you know, do all the day stuff, you know, stallions would come in to collect. We'd have mayors coming in to be checked. We'd have our residents. So he would be doing rounds on our residents. And then around six, seven, eight o'clock, the day starts to trickle down and I would take a shower and then start watching the cameras and doing night checks. And I would be up, you know, all night. And it just got to the point that I was like, okay, I need help. So we, we grew in about three or four staff members because yeah. it was, it was just too much. And, um, I'm grateful cause I, you know, I could offer better care being alert and not completely just burnt out. I could, you know, if there was an emergency, I was, I was alert and I was ready. I wasn't just running on fumes and coffee, you know? Totally. So yeah. you learn. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You do learn. There's a learning curve. That's a big operation, yeah, but, Audrey. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm really, I'm really proud and excited of what we've, what we've kind of are starting to build here. And I'm even more excited about where this is going and, you know, the vision I have for it, you know, three and five years down the line, even just a year from now, what it's going to look like. So I just want to keep going and keep growing. <laughs> yeah. Now explain the, Emily mentioned something to me off air about, so you have, you're kind of picking things through genetic testing as well or explain that process. So when it comes to breeding, it all, it all started that I kind of look at breeding as kind of a, a, a scientific research. You know, you have your hypothesis, your variables, your results and your, you know, your possibilities. And I think the biggest mistake people do in breeding is they just say, good stallion, good mare, good foal. And that's just not always the case. You have to have so many variables and look at so many things to truly breed something that is spectacular. You know, you have to look at pedigrees. You need to, it's not just about looking what's on paper because genetics, it it can't lie. You know, you can look at a stallion that has, a long back and you're like, well, I'll breed that to a short backed mare. And all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't work out because that stallion might not throw what it looks like, you know, just because that stallion moves a certain way or is built a certain way, doesn't genetically mean that that's what they're going to throw. So I always tell people to really look at every variable and be as honest as they can with the animal that they own themselves. So if I own the mare, of course, I think that that mare is wonderful and perfect, but 
And that's not really the case. We have to look at the mayor and look at all of the parts of that mayor that could be improved. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with that mayor. It just needs to be improved. And then you need to find a stallion that consistently throws something that improves that. So that doesn't mean what it looks like or what their pedigree shows, what they throw. So that's kind of what we help the owners do. We break down those variables and we kind of tell them, yes, opposites attract. Find me your five stallions that you just love and, you know, you think they're perfect for your mayor. And we help them kind of look at everything. What's on paper? What's in, what's in their genetics? What's in their characteristics? What's in their talent? And we kind of help them pick the stallion that is best suited for their mayor. Because, again, good and good doesn't always mean good. And it, I think it's really hard for people to wrap their mind around that, you know. So that's a little bit something different we're doing for the owners. Um, and what I'm personally breeding is, I mean, each mare and stallion combination can take days and weeks. You know, we study the, the stallion auctions. We're selling the, the stallion testings. We're looking at what these stallions are doing when they're three and four years and five years old and when they start breeding and what they're producing so that we can tell people exactly what they're kind of getting into. Um, so I think that's really something unique about our program. Absolutely. That is very unique. Yeah. Most people, yeah, you, you just don't have that option. You have semen brokers, essentially. Yeah. And then yeah. you can sometimes have your papers approved at certain registries, it's pre-approved, whatever, if you're determined to do that. But yeah, it's, it, people are kind of out there on their own. And unfortunately, then we have a percentage of horses that are genetically compromised. Uh, maybe it's... Yeah. Uh, they're prone to whatever lameness ailments, different, different things. When you're breeding Audrey for your personal program, do you have, mm -hmm. are, is there a certain thing? Are you breeding specifically more for temperament? Do you have a line that you prefer? Obviously you stand your stallion. So you're probably somewhat biased to him. <laughs> um, so when I breed my own horses, I can say that my concentration is in performance in general, and that requires good talent. That requires good temperament. That requires trainability. You know, I try to look at all of those things. And of course, movement is, you know, I think people always don't want to admit they look at movement because, you know, they say, Oh, I want something that's rideable and trainable. Well, that's a politically correct answer, but I do look at movement. I do have a very specific horse that I enjoy to ride and that I enjoy to look at. So I do look at that and, and, you know, I want a stallion that breeds to my mare to, to check out those boxes. And I think it, thanks to the Haggistrans and Shockamoles and, and all these mass stallion owners, we have, there are so many stallions that are available to us. I think we can, as breeders, be picky now and we can find the perfect match for our mare. We don't have to say, well, there's only six stallions really available that kind of meet somewhat what I'm looking for. So I'll go with the closest match. You can find exactly what you need. It just takes time and a lot of work. And I think the average mayor owner just doesn't even know how to go about it. You know, so I'm looking at really something that I, and again, this might not be the politically correct answer, but I'm looking at the FBI ring. I want to always breed for the top. I want a horse that, 
is going to come out built to do the Grand Prix because they think then their future is just going to be easier. And that doesn't mean they have to do the Grand Prix. They don't have to be an FEI horse. But if you set them up for success, no matter where they go in life, they're going to have the best, the best chance to be the best horse possible, you know? So that's kind of, I I, I try to, yeah, exactly. So it's try to just do right by them in that, in that sense. And my personal preferences, I kind of also put in there, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, your, your question on the lines is I love the Pharaoh line. I think they're so talented. They are a little nutty. So, and I can say that because I own a Pharaoh's son. Um, and I just try to match them with really good-minded mares. But I think that their ability to collect, their beauty, their confirmation is really, it is just, you can look at a horse and say, oh, that's got to be a Pharaoh. You know, and the same thing with the Sandro hits. They're really difficult to ride sometimes, the Sandro hits. But you can look at them and say, oh, that's, that's probably a Sandro hit. So, I like lines like that. I like lines that come across and you can tell that that stallion sired that horse because you know what you're getting. You know, the ones you look at that you're like, huh, I wonder who sired that one. You can, you know, our Sardana Hall across the, across the ring usually. So that's kind of what I look like is really strong lines. And is that what you would recommend if you have, we, and, and I mean, it is like getting really popular right now in this country. It seems like everybody's got a few babies. Um, what advice would you give mayor owners who are looking for a stallion to breed to is where should they start? What, what should they do to not have what we all know that we don't want? <laughs> I'll try to not say anything. Provocatory. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's always, it's always hard to, to kind of be politically correct. Yeah. Me up for that. <laughs> Great. I'll be the bad guy. No, (laughs) I think the easy answer is you start, you know, at the Hagerstrand and the Shakamal and, you know, if you go locally, the Hilltop, stuff like that. I think the difficult answer and the answer that I like to tell people is you start at the the stallion testing, you know, you start at the stallion auctions and, you know, my, you know, I've bred a lot to Franklin and that's where I saw him and, and kind of fell in love with him was when he was doing his testing. I think you see a lot more realness in those situations. You know, once they're five, six, seven years old, so many mechanics can be manipulated and taught to the horse that you necessarily just because a horse breaks over level and is, you know, extravagant at eight years old doesn't mean that he had you know, three and four, he had those mechanics. So I really like to look at them at that age so that you can really truly see how they move and, and, and their personalities as well, because training can really change their personalities for the better and for the worse. So I always tell stallion owners to kind of start there. And that doesn't mean that you can't breed to a stallion that's, you know, 15 years old, but try to go as far back as possible. So you see, the stallion at its rawest and at kind of it's, it's most feral point is the best point to look at a stallion. And, um, I think then at, at, at that point you have a really good true picture of what you're breeding to. That's that actually really good advice. And, the um, when you were talking about that too, I was just mm-hmm. thinking like, if the, 
the stallion's older, you could also, if it's older, it has a lot of, hopefully, a lot of foals on the ground. Mm-hmm. So you could look at, you know, what it's throwing and what they look like raw. Yes, the mare, you know, provides a lot of that. But a lot, what I'm noticing, and I could be wrong, is the stallions throw a lot more of the movement, at least for the jumpers, it seems like you can look across the ring, like you're saying, and be like, oh, that's a Chaco Blue. You know, it's yeah. slightly spooky, but it jumps really well. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not the most amateur friendly horse, but and like you can time and time again be like, that's a Chaco Blue. That's a Chaco Blue. That's a this and that. You know, the mares do complement um, and, and everything, but you you tend to see a lot more traits of the stallion come out. So if the if you can't find an older stallion, or like find footage from, you can at least look at the babies and be like, okay, that and watch like Absolutely. ten of them and see, be like, that's all very consistent. <laughs> Yes. Well, absolutely. You know, it's like, well, I'll go back to Franklin since, you know, I have used him a bunch, you know, his, his sire umpire. I mean, it's, you can consistently kind of know and look at the umpire sons and you kind of, they are kind of, you know, all all kind of look the same. If you put them in a line, they all kind of move really neat and cool and people really like it. And um, one thing you said that I thought was really something I wanted to kind of you know, bullet point on is, is the mayor influence on the breeding? I think a lot of people don't consider the mayor. They, they just, and I think, and I don't think that's anything wrong with the industry. I just think because embryo transfer is kind of a, a new, you know, more affordable. So more people are doing it. Mayors never really got a big name because they had to, to be pregnant. So you, uh, you kind of lost, the hype of the mare in the world of breeding. But I think that people really have to consider their mares a lot more than I I really think people do. That's what I was going to say with the stallions. I I'm like a bit of a breeding nerd myself. And I think the reason that those heavy hitting stallions type out so hard is because of their mothers. It's their mother Mm -hmm. line. And then that shines through. Um, But they, but you do, you see the, the type of, the stallion typing out, but I mean, the mares really, uh, I remember when I was going to stall Ramsbrock, I would go to Germany every, every summer and they had tons of horses there. He had big top breeding farm. He stood corn at Obolensky back in the day when he was younger. Um, but whatever we would go shopping, there'd be like 15 geldings or stallions. And we're like, where are all the mares? And he's like, what are you crazy? I'm not selling any of the mares. They're all in the breeding shed. That's, that's where the money is. That's, you know, where they influence. But it's so, it's such an enigma in this country. People are, we're not sure. I know. No, no. And I always, I always find that really kind of crazy that people are obsessed with the stallions, the stallions, the stallions, the stallions. Yeah. But I honestly have always told people that the stallion is just the fudge on the Sunday. Your mayor is the ice cream, you know, that is your foundation. And cause that's, who's going to raise your foal. So, you know, personality traits, you know, just being spooky, not spooky. You know, you have a a, a mare that's nasty and it's raising a foal because you see it in surrogacies. When you have surrogates that have certain little personality quirks, we will nine times out of 10, this foal is not even related to them genetically. And they'll pick up those personality traits from their surrogates oh, yeah. and their recess. So it's so true. It's really, 
it really blows my mind when people are like, oh, it's just the broodmare. <laughs> yeah, right? No, they matter. Totally, totally. Yeah, no, I've experienced that too. But And then, and then genetics, yeah. of course, play into a big part of it. But yeah, no, the raising yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, so you all can find Audrey online at BukoyStables.com. Uh, we also did before we let her go want to discuss uh this cattle operation that's oh, happening yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> every time not only are there baby horses popping out left and right but then there's baby cows and they're all getting their own photo shoots and like it's just sort of like really like you know like it's just a different kind of operation i feel like for cattle <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I can almost say when I left Wellington, I had no idea I would get into cattle. Um, but I love them. Like they're so funny and they're human like, and they're really great. And I kind of got them to keep the crap, the grass down. And all of a sudden I kind of saw this other world of breeding and, you know, we, we do some show cows and the, the confirmation talk and really like listening to these cattle breeders, I mean, they're, they're just as nutty as us horse people. Like <laughs> they get just <laughs> as obsessed with their, their bulls and their heifers and their cows. And, you know, I, I just really, I love making a better animal every time I breed it. And, um, I love setting them up for success. And that's kind of what I've done with my cows. And I've just really enjoyed it. And I, I sell them to show homes. I don't sell anything to beef and, um, I keep the really good ones and, uh, you know, I'm just kind of like building my, this, are you like doing the same thing? You're like finding like the right bull and then being like, this one has like, you know, genetic traits yeah. and like whipping out papers and like, like how much thought is going into the breeding of, of the cattle? Um, I guess a not lot as much as the horses, not as much but... as the horses. Yeah. Yeah. What? No, but, um, I have, I have my own bull. So he thankfully <laughs> does a lot of the work for me. Um, but I do have a couple of really, really good cows that I was like, wow, those are really great. And I, I will be AIing them, uh, to some other bulls. Not that I don't love my bull, but, um, he's more of a heifer bull. So he's a little bit smaller. So, um, I got a couple of really good ones that have had their first calf. So I might and- be venturing off into the business of buying uh, bull semen. <laughs> so that'll what, be a new one for me. <laughs> what breed of bulls do you use? Um, mostly, I mostly have Angus. Um, got a couple Brahma and two Charlays. Um, oh, but my most, my main focus is uh, Angus. And so the Angus are the ones you show. Like, do people show mm-hmm. the Brahma bulls? Um, they'll show Brahma. They sh- they they can really show any breed, but um. I specifically, I really, I really love the black Angus. They're, you know, people say, oh, they're, they're kind of aggressive sometimes. And so are the Brahmas, but I really like them. And, you know, I, the, the herd I got was actually very feral. They were not friendly cows. They were not show broke by any means. They were kind of picked out of a field and dropped here. And, um, I can groom them now. I halter broke them and they're show, you know, showing or doing whatever. And okay. So what I'm hearing What I'm hearing is that we need to have you back on just to literally talk about the cows. And I know. Yes. <laughs> this is a whole other operation. This I know. Is... I told you all. I was like, Audrey's oh doing God. a lot. It's, it's oh going to be hard God. to fit it all in. But I, 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 I can't help myself. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. 
All right. So we can find you on BokoyStables.com. You also have a Facebook and an Instagram, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And do you have a separate site for your cows? Or where can we find more Uh, cow information? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a website yet because, like I said, it's a fairly new, crazy thing that I'm doing. Um, But I have a Facebook and an Instagram for Bokoy Cattle. Um, But the... You know, you can always just call me here at the at the center, and I'm always happy to talk about horses or cows. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have Audrey back on for sure. We've got many Absolutely. other topics to cover. And do check out the Facebook because there there are a lot of photos of the baby cows, even when they're born. Calves? Yeah. Is that what they are? Calves when they're born? Yes. Yes, calves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're so cute, and she names them all and everything. It's just like, Wow. Like a whole different yes. kind of I, They all have their names. <laughs> they all have their personalities. It's like a lot of them. I'm on it right now. Oh, my gosh. Kayla's stalking again. Oh, my gosh. I'm stalking again. <laughs> she can't when when you find me at the end of your driveway, just camped out. I'm like, I want to see baby cows and baby Oh, cows. my God. I know. They are oh really my cute. Shot, okay. Oh, I could talk about this all day long. All right. We have to wrap. But thank you so much for coming on and uh, we really this is fascinating i'm hugely yeah so much good information (laughs) my gosh we're super excited beforehand and now we're even more excited with even more questions but people oh well that's great i had so much fun and i am happy to come on anytime you guys want i i love sharing information and talking to to like-minded people it's it's always a pleasure thank you so much we'll talk to you soon girl and good luck with Foley and calving. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Well, that was a great interview with Audrey Anthony. Wow. Did we learn so much and still have so many more questions? I have so many questions. I need more cow information. <laughs> <laughs> I know what is wrong with this. It's turned into a cattle show. I know. I literally, when she was like, I, now I go to cow shows. I was like, mm. what? And then fancy sounds- halters and stuff. Yeah. I need to, well, now that I know that she's so close to me, I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, I believe you. I, I, can, I believe you a thousand percent. Ever since we booked we booked our guests, we have been hot on this cattle trail. Right? I know. We've I'm like, yeah, yeah, baby horses are great. These cows. They really are so cute, though. No, and I love that they're show cows because I always feel bad with the beef cows. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, where can... Uh, listeners, find you, Emily. Give us you all your You guys can find me on Facebook, Emily Wood. I am Stella Farm LLC on Insta and S Equestrian, which is spelled E C E Equestrian Co.com, or also on Facebook. That's the clothing line. So you can pretty much get me everywhere. The most fantastic show shirts, by the way. Yeah. You're so cute. <laughs> and you look so cute in them. Um, and you can find me on Facebook under Kayla Benny uh, or Selkuth Sport Horses, SelkuthSportHorses.com. That's S-E-L-C-O-U-T-H SportHorses.com. Um, you can find the links to today's guests and show notes at HorsesInTheMorning.com. You can follow Horses in the Morning on Facebook. Just sort search for horses in the morning, you can have all the horse radio network shows where with you, wherever you go. Oh my gosh. I have word vomit. I can't do this tonight. It's, okay. <laughs> it's probably sunstroke. You're probably I, fine. I need <laughs> more hydrating serum uh, for my brain. Okay. You 
can have all the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our free app from iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. Thank you to our title sponsor, Total Equihealth. Visit TotalEquihealth.com. That's E-Q-U-I Health.com. Search all the fabulous products there. And remember, riding like life doesn't need to be perfect to be wonderful. Give your horse a pat after every ride. <laughs> 